Welcome to Queensway Pentecostal Church, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope you are blessed and inspired by today's message. So glad you're with us. We've been journeying uh, through uh, the scriptures in the New Testament about the birth of Jesus the last few weeks. We're going to finish up on uh, Christmas Eve. As Pastor Katie mentioned, I I'd invite you to be here. It's going to be a great time together in the house of the Lord. And uh, last year, uh, God had other plans and took out our lights with no explanation. So we had to rely on candles to get her done. So we'll see what happens this year. And uh, it was a good time. So it was a little stressful but uh, for me. But anyways, it was good times. No one died. No one fell over. No one burned the church down. So we're all good. So looking forward to Tuesday. And man, we, uh, I don't want to talk about 2020 all that much right now, personally. But the truth is, it's on its way. And uh, we have so much coming uh, right off the hop in the new year. So we want you to be a part of that. So it's going to be a great time together. So if you'd open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 1, and uh, maybe... Uh, today you have just a New Testament with you, so just go to the first page, all right? So there you go. Check that out. It's going to be good. We're going to be there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 is where we're starting. Uh, you see, we've been journeying through these texts of Christ coming throughout the New Testament. And church, I believe deeply that we have much to take away from the gospel accounts of Christ's birth and arrival. We have much to learn, much to glean from these texts. So today we're going to turn to the book of Matthew. We haven't spent a lot of time in the book of Matthew, so we're going to spend a little bit there today. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 24. And uh, if you're like me and forget things, you can just read it off the screen, all right? So here we go. Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 20 says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which, ha which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for, his, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And this is what the prophet said in verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took uh, his wife married. I just think it's awesome that Jesus, or uh, that God used a pregnant teenage girl to bring the Son of God into the world. Don't you think that's pretty awesome? Okay, a couple of you? All right, it's good. We'll get you by the end. So our first point today is, maybe some of us need a little bit of this today. Our first uh, thought today and our, our message title is joy, all right? And uh, that is what we're speaking on today. Last week, as we studied Luke chapter 2, we could see that joy accompanies Jesus. When we read the text, we find that joy accompanies Jesus. So Luke 2 verse 10, we've read this before, but it says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You see, Jesus is obviously good news. And he's also great joy, and it's for everyone. It's not for a small group. It wasn't just for the people in Bethlehem. It was for the whole world for all of eternity. He is good news of great joy. You see, this Christmas, uh, today on this Christmas Sunday, we are reminded of the fact that the Lord Jesus is good news. You see, he brings great joy to us. Uh, Christmas often evokes great joy and excitement in our lives, whether it's family or friends, uh, often we find that all the festivities of Christmas in one way or another are to bring 
uh, joy into our lives, to bring joy into our spirits at Christmas. Uh, for some, it's the Christmas parties that are attended with friends and co-workers. For others, it's getting families together. Uh, maybe your family doesn't have the chance to uh, be with one another throughout the year, but at Christmas, you're able to gather together. That can bring joy into our spirit. You see, whether it's parties, family gatherings, or even quiet moments, reflecting on the goodness of God and how he has richly blessed us, we are often filled with joy. We're often filled with joy. So what we know, uh, what we know though, statistically, anecdotally, after Christmas and the celebrations, here's part of the truth of what I've just said, is that joy can often, sometimes, disappear, right? It's evaporated, right? It can, when you get your credit card bill, right? That's the famous one. It's gone. The joy is gone. It was not worth it, all right? And uh, so how, but that's the, uh, that would obviously never happen to anyone here. How many would say that at some point when they were kids, maybe even as adults, you craved a gift, you craved something really special, something you were wishing deeply for. Uh, my kids uh, have expressed this in the past uh, because of disappointment. But the truth is, if you got that special gift at Christmas, you were often filled with joy. Remember as a kid, you think, man, Santa is real. I got exactly what I was asking for. I was sharing with Arlene, my wife, the other night, and this past week, I was up late one night and just reflecting on a number of things in my own life. I was thinking about the fact that we have everything that we need. Truthfully, I, I looked around my house. There was food in the refrigerator. The heat was on. The electricity turned on. Uh, we have everything, running water. We have everything that we need. And truthfully, I, as I reflected, I thought, we actually have more than we need, if I were to be completely honest. There is more than enough. But as I was thinking about this, I was reminded by the Lord that anything material that we gain only provides a very finite moment of joy. Think about it. Anything that materially uh, we gain only provides us a very finite moment of joy, right? When you get your credit card bill the next month, the joy's gone, all right? It's just over. It's depression. It's all sorts of bad feelings, like, why did I do that, you know? Uh, can I return all my kids' Christmas gifts? But the, so whatever it is, or for my spouse, uh, but joy is often used as a marketing term these days. We go to stores. I don't know about you, but uh, I haven't gotten a lot of them this year, but I do enjoy the there's lots of controversy. It's crazy, so I probably shouldn't say this, but the uh, Starbucks Christmas cups, it, when they turn them not to be read, the Christian Americans got really mad. But anyways, uh, so I don't like talking about this because it's stupid, because it has nothing to do with Jesus. Okay, anyways, but the, I like the Starbucks Christmas cups, and sometimes there's words like joy and hope and all these sorts of things. But earthly joy, here's the truth, earthly joy is momentary. It's just for a moment. Joy by material things is momentary. I couldn't help but think of this scripture uh, this week as I reflected on the word joy. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is strength within us. You see, the last few days, our whole, uh, my whole house, my wife and my boys, our whole house was filled with excitement, all right? There was excitement coming out the windows. It was palpable as soon as you walked in. There was so much excitement because this moment only comes once in a while in our house. This was Star Wars week, all right? That's what it was. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> 
This, it, and this is a great week. It was awesome. There was lots of fun uh, with our kids. There was lots of, like, I still, I heard a conversation this morning about whether one of, I can't, I won't talk about it, but something that happened in the Star Wars story. Dad, what do you think about this? Would you think it means this hidden meaning? I really don't know. I just watched the movies. Anyways, but the truth is there was lots of prognostications, lots of scheming, lots of lightsaber battles I have on video from my house uh, video cameras. Will this happen? Won't this happen? Who will it happen to? There was lots of excitement. On Thursday, as we went and saw the film as it came out, I had a range of emotions personally. I, I, I told you this is kind of ridiculous, but this is what happened. A range of emotions. I was excited. I cried a little. I, I shouted. I celebrated. And I had, church, I had it. I had a sense of joy. I did. I had a sense of joy. But much like many things in life, the joy of Star Wars fades right it fades you see joy from this world is momentary if you want to be filled with the joy of the lord we must surrender all of us to all of him that's what happens that's what our responsibility is psalm 30 verse 5 says for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime weeping may tarry for the night but joy comes with the morning you think that God is angry at you his anger if he is angry is for a moment but his favors for a lifetime the weeping our weeping may go through the night but the joy of the Lord comes in the morning right amen you see the Lord reminds us that every day is a new opportunity for the joy of the Lord to fall upon us you see, the joy of the Lord isn't manufactured. It's not forced on us. It's, it's, it's not demanded from us. He doesn't say, you have to be joyful. That's not what the scriptures say. You see, joy is a free gift. Just like the Apostle Paul wrote in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit you see joy is part of the spirit of the lord resting upon us to bring change to the deepest most desolate parts of our spirit that's what joy is you see when we are filled with the fruits of the spirit it's simply what flows out of us it's it's not a show or performance it's the spirit of god ruminating out of us one of the gifts of the spirit is joy it's part of who we are you see joy can change rooms it can change family gatherings meetings are different relationships change all for the glory of god because of what because of joy you see, with Jesus, the Spirit of God, our perfect example of the fruits of the Spirit is in Jesus, and it's intertwined in every aspect of our lives. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Your joy cannot be contained. The message translation writes it this way, same scripture. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. 
we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. You see, church, this, I hope, is obvious to each one of us. But living for God, in the Spirit of God, pursuing the things of God, yielding our flesh for the righteousness of God, is the best plan for our lives. You see, as the Scripture says, what happens when we live God's way? This is what happens. He brings gifts into our lives. I would suggest he brings the greatest gifts upon our lives when we live for the Lord. Church, don't we need people in God's kingdom, people in our world who stick with their friends and their family through the tough times that are full of life, are peaceful and gentle with everyone they meet? I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired of being around depressed people. And I'm not talking ones that are like actually depressed for real reasons. I'm just, you know, the people that are like old man. I, I, I worked with this guy. I was, man, I was I was probably 19 or 20. I worked with this guy. What was his name? I forget it. Anyways, he talked like an old man, like just nonstop. And I thought, man, how old is this guy? Like he's just ancient. Like he's just, he, he, he would refer to things that happened in like the World War I and he would talk about like Model T Fords. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, and it was beyond just interest. He didn't have just interest. He, he like made you believe he was from these times. And I realized he was younger than me. He was younger than me. I, I don't want to be around people like that. Like, stay in your home and just be quiet. All right? I want to be around people that have life and fullness of joy. Don't you want to be around those people? I want to be around people that are full of faith. And, I, like, I've, I can get depressed by myself. I don't need your help to do it. All right? Like, I, come on. I just want to be around people that are full of life. I, uh, there's a... Uh, 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 I'll just say it, uh, we had some guests this summer, uh, guest speakers, and they came into our house for the weekend. They brought life into our home, and then I think of other people that I've, I've seen in my house, and I'm like, you bring, you suck the life out. It's gone when you leave. I just, I'm tired. I'm just, I just fall on the floor for two days and cry myself to sleep every night. But the truth is, is that you and I want people that are full of joy in our lives, full of joys, despite whatever the circumstances is. And it's not because we're in denial about what's happening. It's, just, it's because it's joy of the Lord. I, my worldly joy, my material joy lasts for a moment, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. It provides everything we need, no, no matter the circumstances, no matter what we're facing. The joy of the Lord is strength upon me. It's like eating a chocolate bar and having that high for the rest of your life. You know, it's not just a moment. It's forever. Come on. You see, I've seen so many times, I just want to be around people with joy. There's a peace and a freshness to the air when we allow God to make a way in our life, to be a part of our life. Church, today my desire is that all of us would pursue the joy of the Lord upon our lives this week. As we meet with friends and families, even if our Christmas is filled with trouble. Do you know that uh, we had another uh, situation in our family this week, extended family, where just such tragic news. I was thinking about them the other day, and I thought, how can they move forward with such tragic news? I was made familiar, Arlene and I were discussing this all week, of a, a, a young baby girl that died 
uh, last week, and people were praying for her that God would raise her from the dead, and they, they've moved forward. She's, they're just going <laughs> to let her be, so to speak, let her rest in peace. But, you know, that's such tragic and difficult times to deal with. At Christmas, it's the worst. You know, you, some of you have experienced these things. But even if our Christmas is filled with trouble, I pray that we would not settle for self-loathing and being content with discontentedness. Do you know that sometimes we do just need a kick in the pants to get out of bed and get going? Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes. If you're married, it happens every day. But sometimes we need it. I won't name any spouses here. But let's look to God. He is the God of all comfort to fill us with the joy of the Lord. Because as Nehemiah says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you believe that today? He's your strength. You know, uh, the best part, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to this in a second, the best part of this Nehemiah scripture is that this was spoken over a nation. That word was spoken over a nation right after they had come out of a time of great sin. And what is the word of the Lord after a sinful season to a whole nation? The joy of the Lord is your strength. And they had the biggest party going. They had the biggest party going. You see, the context in Nehemiah is that the people are reflecting on this great time of sin. You see, our world is full of sin. It's full of expressions of sin that are outside of the will of God. But church, remember this. Our knowledge of our sin should never be bigger than our knowledge of Jesus as our Savior. We are great sinners. <laughs> you are and I am, okay? Let's just get it out in the open. We are great sinners, but he is a greater Savior. He is a greater Savior. You see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, joy reminds us that the Lord is always working on our behalf. God is always doing a work for you. He's always gone ahead and before you in your life. That's something to take joy in. When you're faced with many troubles, we can believe in the hope that the joy of the Lord, God the Father, he's gone before me. He knows my greatest struggles and that the joy of the Lord would be my strength. So as we've been journeying through the scriptures and reflecting on the different themes over this month, we're reminded of the journey of Mary and Joseph to the birth of Jesus Christ. I love that video where the actor said, I get to be your papa. It brought joy. It still brings joy. So our first point was joy. I only gave you two today because I was tired. Number two is this. It came to pass. Joy, too much Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Joanne's going to get me in trouble today. All right. It came to pass. Joy came to pass. Firstly, this, the decree. The decree of Caesar reminds us that God is always accomplishing his plan and his word never returns void. Every aspect of Christ's birth was foretold. So even this dark time, Jesus was born at a dark time. All the, males, uh, all the male boys in the land were eradicated, totally wiped out. It was as horrible as you could imagine because they were looking for this Savior. God is always accomplishing his plan, and his word never returns void. The pregnancy, when the Holy Spirit is bringing something new into our lives, there's a new creation. What old is gone and passed away, and what's new has come. Church, can I say one thing that I see as the biggest struggle for so many of us? 
is that instead of living in God's truth, we live with the memories of our sinful past. Who cares? <laughs> Jesus, he's not taken any record of our past. It's gone. He's erased it. Who gives a rip? I, I, I'm tired of, uh, oh man, like we get religious when we talk about, well, this is my past. No, stop it. Yeah, it's fine. You did it. Take responsibility. That's cool. But the old has passed and the new has come. You are a new creation. The second that you bring the Lord Jesus into your life, you are a new creation. I had a friend many years ago and he was a very serious guy and he, he was trying to love God as best as he could and he sat me down for coffee one day and he was almost in tears and I wasn't sure what was coming. And as he shared with me, he shared his deepest, darkest secrets with me. And he said, am I in sin? Am I living in sin? And I was like, man, who cares? <laughs> the old has passed and the new has come. Yes, what you did in the past was wrong, but forget about it. You are living under God's covenant with you. That you are forgiven and set free and made whole. And that is the promise of the scriptures. What old is gone and what's new has come. Lastly here, we take a look at this. Here's a question. What is to come? We may not always be aware of what the Lord is leading us into, but we must always remain obedient to his word. You don't always know what God is going to bring you into or bring you through, but we always must remain obedient to his word. Never forget what he's declared over our lives and believe that God has great plans for each one of us. Well, Pastor Jay, you're just, that's just positive mumbo-jumbo thinking. No, it's the word of the Lord. He says your past is gone and this is a new day. And that his plans for you are to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future. That's his plans. They're not to harm you, not to bring you down, not to do any of that stuff. It's to give you hope and a future and fill you with peace, love, joy, uh, and all those other fruits of the Spirit I can't remember right now. That is his plan for us. As I've reminded us today, we can do all of this with joy because that is our strength. You see, the Lord has declared to us today that the joy of the Lord is our strength. No matter our situation, our circumstance, oh God, would you remind us today that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Today I want to remind all of us in closing about who this Jesus was and still is. This Christmas I can't help when I think of the manger to be, to be reminded of the cross of Calvary. The place where Jesus paid the punishment for our sins. We actually sang a bunch of songs today about the fact that when we're, our days are near its end, we can have faith in where we're going. Because of the cross. Isaiah 53 says this, The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him throughout 
thought he was scum, but the fact is it was our pains he carried. Our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us, we thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're, we are all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sin, everything we've done wrong, on him. On him. Think about it. Everything we've done wrong. I won't ask you if we've done something wrong this week. Because we all have. He's taken all of that and borne it onto his shoulders. You see, Jesus has taken everything we've done wrong, carried it on his shoulders, took our punishment, and made us whole. 1 Peter 1 verse 18 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And then finally, I want you to remember these two last scriptures so well from the book of John. John 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. So today I want you to remember these words. It's a sneak peek to the end of the greatest story ever told. John 1 verse 29 says this, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that is the word of the Lord today. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at qpcespanola.com.